Greetings, colleagues, and welcome to another episode of the Colors of Wellness podcast with me, your host, UN Stress Counselor Kamala McWinney. Today, I want to share with you some wellness tips, especially at this very strange season that we're all experiencing due to the pandemic. And I want to remind us, as always, that self-care is and must remain our first job if we are to make it through the pandemic and if we're to continue to be well in all areas of our lives. And I know that within the UN context in particular, wellness is not always a priority. In fact, too often, based on what I'm hearing in my sessions, we tend to put so many other things, ideas of efficiency, of constant availability, etc., above wellness. And so this is the space where I'm going to be sharing with you some very practical tools um, to adjust our mindset and to actually infuse greater wellness practices into our weekdays, into our weekends, and into our lives in general. So here we go. I have five tips for us today. I want to talk about paying attention to our breathing. That's a crucial, crucial tool that we all need in order to have physical wellness and psycho-emotional wellness also. And of course, as you all know, when we have physical wellness, when we have psycho-emotional wellness, that will lend itself into us having better relationships, both personal and professional. And of course, the culture within our agencies, within our funding programs, those are all built at the atomic level on interactions between and among colleagues and of course we bring all of our stuff our stresses our stressors um, our vulnerabilities we bring so many things into um, our, our social spaces so when it is that we have something that triggers us that triggers us and causes arousal of some kind right when we feel that we don't have the resources in this moment to cope with what's really going on, our bodies respond to that. And when that happens, our breathing oftentimes is the first and sometimes the most overlooked response that we have to stressors. So what happens is that for many of us, there, there, there is a, a shallowness of breathing that happens in response to stress. Sometimes we go the entire day without realizing how we have been adapting to the stressors in our lives. And so today I'm encouraging all of us to have a very intentional practice. And you'll hear me use this word intentional quite a bit. A very intentional practice of being consciously aware of our breath. How do you react? How does your body respond whenever you are feeling stressed, whenever you're feeling hurt? whenever you're feeling angry, these are important things for us to become so intimately aware of that in a moment we can choose to tap into that and to use our breath to calm ourselves down and to get information as well about what's really happening with us, okay? So I'm going to ask all of us as, as one of our major wellness tips to practice intentionally paying attention to your breath, especially in moments of high stress or high demand. That's tip number one. Tip number two, how often is it that we are moving our bodies in a joyful way? Sometimes the only movement that we have throughout the entire day is completely related to getting productivity tasks done. So we use our wrists, we use our fingers and our hands and our arms to 
type emails and to write notes and to research things. Okay, we use the muscles of our eyes to do that also. And sometimes we only move, especially now working um, from home, we only move to get us around our, our, our living spaces, to move us from the workspace to the kitchen, to the bathroom and back again. And then sometimes we end up only going to bed after that. And so if we were to pay attention to the sum total of our movements throughout the day, it doesn't really account for much in terms of physical, um, in terms of exercise and raising our heart rates, nor oftentimes is there any joy infused into our movements. So wellness tip number two for you this week and beyond is to infuse at least five minutes of joyful movement into each day. Put on your favorite song, set it up on your YouTube, create a playlist and just dance or do some squats or do some push-ups, do some planks. Okay, take a walk into the garden, take a walk to an area of your community, get out and move. And I know sometimes it's raining, sometimes we don't feel safe depending on what's happening, but I'm encouraging all of us today to infuse some joyful movement, which we can very much control. We're very much in control of our bodies, and I'm encouraging you to infuse more joyful movement. It doesn't have to be coordinated. It doesn't have to look good. It's not a performance. Just move in a way that brings your body joy. Stretch. Okay? Give this gift of joyful movement to yourself for at least five minutes per day. What's also good is if we set um, a particular time of day to do it, that helps in habit building and keeps us consistent. Tip number three is cultivating an intentional mindset of unplugging appropriately. Sometimes we end up going through the entire week and we do not have clear points of stopping. We do not have a clear end point. And that is not healthy. That is not good for us. And I'm encouraging us today at the end of each work block which for many of us is approximately 8.30 to 5 p.m. Let us infuse, let us create a specific stop point beyond which I'm no longer at work. Especially now with the work from home modality, everything can really flow into, you know, into the other. And it's even more crucial now than any other time before that we create those breaks, those distinctions between when I'm on and when I'm off. I know that for many of us, constantly being on is about wanting to honor deadlines, wanting to support our teams and the objectives that the team has set. And so it can feel like betrayal. It can feel like laziness. It can feel like slacking off. It can feel like a host of negative actions to have a time when you say to yourself and lovingly communicate this to other people that I'm off during this time, okay? But what it does, if we do not unplug, is that we're constantly, constantly on, and that creates unrest, it creates stress. And especially if we're not utilizing the other wellness tools that can accumulate over time and lead to very negative outcomes, which we may not see in one year or two or five, but it's definitely accumulating. And that is, it's my job to encourage us to look beyond the now, okay? That's why I speak about a lifestyle and a culture of wellness as opposed to just trying this new fad or trying this new um, technique, okay? So as much as possible, at the end of your work block, 
when it is that your body, your mind is saying to you that, okay, I've accomplished the majority of my tasks, assign the rest of the unfinished tasks to a to-do list. What that does, it works for me, is that I, 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 I visualize, I put it down on paper that, okay, I'm aware that I have these tasks to do and I'm crafting my response to get them done tomorrow. I'm preparing. That way, I don't take them into my sleep because I know that sometimes we take the stress of unfinished tasks, yes, into our sleep and we therefore have disruptions in our sleep patterns and in our, in our, in our, in our rest. And so it's important for us to have that time where we send a signal to our minds, to our brains, okay, that, okay, I did these seven of of 10 items on my to-do list and I will pick up the rest tomorrow because I need to unplug now for my well-being. It's a commitment I've made and I will honor this commitment um, for tomorrow and the day after that. So whatever you have not been able to complete, put it down on paper. And I know sometimes it can be intimidating when we see the list growing and growing and growing, but you also have to be mindful of realistically how much time should you be on, how much time makes sense for you to always be slaving away at the expense of what? I've heard too many professionals talk about their families expressing that they feel neglected, their children's needs being unmet, etc., because of this constant availability and the constant um, state of being plugged in. So I'm encouraging you all to have a dedicated cutoff time beyond which you are not available for work. And to prevent it from ruminating, write it down. You will not forget and you're honoring the obligation. I, I know I have these things to do, but right now I'm taking a break. And to whatever extent possible also, please go ahead and take those minute breaks throughout the day. Okay, a 15 minute block here of not checking your email, not checking your phones, a half an hour block where you are eating and you're eating mindfully. You're not thinking about what's next. Change your scenery and get that sense of being on break. That's crucial to well-being and also crucial to productivity, might I add. Okay, Uh, the, the next wellness tip I want to share with you is creating a space to express and process your emotions. Now, for too many of us, we go throughout the day being so zoned in on what needs to be done for others, what needs to be done for the job, that we in many ways abandon our self-care and we neglect ourselves, especially our emotional needs. So I'm asking you to cultivate a habit of creating space, even 10 minutes, to have a practice of expressing and processing your emotions. What does that look like? Practically, It can look like journaling, and this is a hugely productive and helpful habit to cultivate. What we can do is we can have a dedicated time in the morning or the evening or both, where you ask yourself a couple of questions, and I'm going to share some prompts with you. How was my day? And I'm encouraging us to go beyond the superficial. How was my day? How am I feeling now? And then to drill deeper down. What specifically am I feeling? Is there anything I want to celebrate from my day, no matter how small? Write it down. Is there any negative feeling or emotional discomfort that came up for me in today? And an easy way to tap into this is with the question of what was the hardest part of my day? Write that down, process it, think about it. And importantly, 
Get as specific as you can about the emotions, the feelings. I know many of us tend to have a very narrow um, range of feeling words. Expand them, Google them so that you can have those tools at your fingertips to be able to better put your feelings into words. Why am I saying this? It's important to be able to meet your emotional needs and to be able to ask others to meet them and to be able to meet the emotional needs of others. So this practice of building self-awareness and emotional intelligence absolutely results in better relationships across the board, professional and personal, and it results in greater productivity. It results in better leadership. It results in so many positive things outside of you just feeling good. So it's not self-absorption. This is something that can benefit your entire support system. So ask yourself, what was the most difficult part of my day? And then drill down, what specifically made it difficult? And oftentimes, there are things that we don't easily put our fingers on. So we can go deeper with another journal prompt and say, and say to yourself, where in my body am I feeling this? Am I feeling it in my shoulders? Am I feeling it in my throat? Because sometimes our throats get tight in response to stress, especially around things that may cause us to feel embarrassed or in some ways have a diminished sense of self. So we can ask ourselves, where in my body am I feeling this? Am I feeling it in my abdomen, in my belly? Am I feeling it in my chest? All these things sometimes give us a clue as to what unmet need there is that was brought up by this particular situation. So for example, if you're feeling it in your throat, it could be a signal that maybe you had, the, you had a need to express how you truly felt about a situation, but you felt constrained because of power dynamics or because you felt ashamed or because you don't feel as included as other members of your team, you don't feel as powerful. That is very valuable information. So that's another journal prompt for you. Where in my body am I feeling this? Is there an unmet need that is trying to get my attention? Is it a need for rest? Is it a need for self-caring? Is it a need for validation? Do I need to affirm myself? Perhaps the most difficult thing for the day was that you sent in a report and you got negative feedback and you're feeling hurt, you're feeling off. And I'm encouraging you to, to, to drill down deeper. Is it a case where you felt that you were you are not appreciated for all your efforts? Is it an internal thing where you felt as though you could have done better, but there were X, Y, Z variables that contributed to it? Ask yourself what unmet need um, may be trying to get your attention and give that to yourself. Do you need affirmation? Do you need expression? Do you need to apologize? Do you need an apology? Do you need to self-care? Do you need to speak up and be more assertive? These are the things that journaling can do for us in terms of building awareness. The final tip I want to share with you for today as it relates to building a culture of wellness into your personal lives and into your work teams is cultivating a habit of good sleep hygiene. Good sleep hygiene. What does that look like? It looks like creating habits that support getting good quality sleep as consistently as we can. I don't know how many of you know that melatonin, its production is affected negatively by blue light. And blue light is emitted, um, or rather, our devices, such as our cell phones and our laptops, our tablets, emit blue light. And those have been proven to not be supportive of drifting into good and high quality sleep. And so as much as possible, the unplugging becomes so relevant here. 
as much as possible, let us reduce our watching or looking at blue screen, um, blue light devices. I would say about 90 minutes or at least an hour before bedtime. Let us use other ways of winding down, other tools to wind down, perhaps listening to an audiobook, okay? Perhaps listening to some music before bedtime. These are some things that are crucial um, as it relates to getting good quality sleep. Now, another element of sleep hygiene is trying to have some consistency to the sleep, um, sleep patterns. Do you have a set time that is considered to be bedtime that can be hugely beneficial to falling into good quality sleep and falling asleep, um, you know, without feeling stressed and anxious. So having a set time, a set go to sleep time and a set wake up time can be beneficial to creating good sleep hygiene also. And the point I made earlier about unplugging and delegating to tomorrow what could not be done realistically today is also helpful here. The unplugging helps us to give ourselves permission to actually rest. Because I hear so many persons complaining that I'm sleeping, but I'm not waking up feeling rested. And that is because our minds are working overtime, unconsciously and subconsciously. We're doing so many things, even while our eyes are closed. So the unplugging is not only beneficial in the moment, but it also sends signals. It communicates to our bodies and our minds that it is okay to go to rest. And by virtue of going to rest, I will not be a slacker. I will not be a wicked team member. I will not be the, the weakest link. I am doing something that is beneficial to my wellness and my productivity, which will therefore increase okay, the outputs for my team and the culture in my team. So with these tips, number one, paying attention to your breathing. There are, there are five-minute mindfulness meditations, which I, which I have shared before. Please do go back through those emails. I'll happily add it in the link for this particular um, email also so that you can practice it. And feel free to find others that work better for you. But five minutes, I think, is such a, is the minimum, okay? And I think that we should all cultivate a habit to at least give five minutes to just connecting with our breath, becoming more aware of what's happening in our bodies and practicing living in the now. Practicing living in the now, which is what mindfulness pretty much is. That's, that's tip number one. Tip number two, infusing joyful movement into each day. At least five minutes of crazy movement. Whatever you do, just let it bring you joy. At least five minutes. And over time, increase it. Okay, so let's let, let's become very mindful of not sitting at a desk and our major movements for the day, including just moving our hands and fingers and our eye muscles. Uh, tip number three, unplugging appropriately, having a stop point. I am off. I am not accessible. This is not selfish. This is for my well-being, which will which is a tool for greater productivity for me and for my future, because life in the UN is not the only aspect of our lives or should not be the only aspect of our lives. The other tip is creating a safe space within which you can express and process your emotions. And I'm recommending the habit of journaling. I find it to be hugely beneficial to my well-being. And as I mentioned to some of you before, I found myself being a hypocrite during the pandemic and I had to call myself back into order. And journaling is one of those tools that I have been using to tremendous effect to get me to process what's happening with me and to make me feel more well and for me to be more emotionally aware. Some people hate writing in a journal. There are many other ways. You can do an audio journal. 
you can take your phone out and keep uh, an audio uh, diary or an audio journal speaking to your devices. Okay, you can type if that's what feels most comfortable to you, but have a space where you at least reflect and express. Take it out of your mind space and put it down onto something tangible so that you can see it, you can work through it, you can feel it, you can resolve it, and you can move forward being strengthened in your emotional intelligence. And the final tip is, as much as possible, let us cultivate habits which support exceptional sleep hygiene because it's crucial to our functioning, okay? That means having that stop time where this is no time for me to rest, celebrating the time when you go to rest, reframe the way you view sleep. It is not punishment. It is not time away from working. It is what your body needs to, to, to function optimally. It's a gift to yourself. I get to sleep now. That's exciting. That's wonderful. Let's reframe sleep and use our habits as much as possible. Set dedicated sleep time and wake times. Okay? And all of these habits ideally will help us to move into greater wellness. I know it's a lot, but as I said, it's, it's meant to be a journey. And I'm encouraging all of us to either commit to the journey anew or dig deeper in your commitment to being more consistent on the wellness journey. I'll have more tips for you and more topics related to wellness in our next podcast. Until then, have an amazing Wellness Wednesday and I'll see you in the next podcast or on my next wellness session. Take care and be well.